0: Welcome to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here, we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you
1: find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for tuning in to the latest edition of Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of FranCoach and your Franchising 101 host. Today, I'm excited to have a guest join us today. uh, And they're going to talk about not a franchise, but they're basically kind of parent company that has six amazing franchise brands. We're going to get a chance to go over each of those a little bit, but also learn about how a big organization uh, can help you succeed as a franchise owner. Before we get to this amazing franchise opportunity, a quick reminder of who we are. Francoach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals interested in owning a franchise. We are partnered with over 600 of the top franchisors in the country, spanning nearly 70 industries. Our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise for them to own. And the goal of the Franchising 101 podcast, as always, is to help educate people on all aspects of franchise ownership. All right, so that's us. Now let's get you the good stuff. And our guest uh, today has been in franchising for a long time and is now currently the chairman and CEO of Homefront Brands, Mr. Jeff Duden. Jeff, thank you, sir, for joining us today.
0: Tim, I'm excited to be on and really have appreciated what you've done. We've worked together over the years and uh, you provide a valuable service for people who are really looking to get informed and educated about uh, what might be next from them. And uh, you do it with a lot of integrity. So I'm excited to be here with you today.
1: Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Well, good. Tell us a little, we got a, 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 we've got we got home front brands, we've got six different franchises and probably a lot more to even talk about within there. But this is, I think, more than anything, a people business. And um, I always like hearing stories of how did people get into this crazy world that is franchising. So give us a little scoop on Jeff and how, how you got into all of this.
0: Sure. So real quickly, I um, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago and I came out to North Carolina to actually Appalachian State on a football scholarship back in 1989 and really had a problem to solve, which is what franchising is all about. People have a problem to solve. My problem to solve is that I wanted to stay over the summer. The football scholarship didn't cover it. I had worked the trades in Chicago. So I ended up starting a painting business, which college painting is a, is a big thing. And we started I started the painting business with my roommate. And we ultimately won the contracts to paint student housing apartments. So we put together a, a crew over the summer of athletes that were there taking classes. And we uh, we would do 15 to 20 apartments in a day during their, their lease change uh, time. So made a lot of money doing it and uh, found, you know, really that, that kind of scratched or unearthed an entrepreneurial bent for me. And from there, uh, Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida, and uh, someone who had painted for me called me and said, we've got all this work down here in South Florida. So w- my partner and I went down there, cut our teeth in the insurance restoration business, helping the people of South Florida recover from Hurricane Andrew, moved up to Central Florida with three partners to start a business in 94, and then in 95, moved back up to Charlotte, North Carolina to start our second location. Over the next 10 years, we became a national and international restoration company doing mold remediation, water damage, duct cleaning, things like that. We called it Light Environmental Services and ultimately uh, bought my last partner out in 2004 and uh, brought in some consultants and really focused the business on two things. Number one, our, our direct business disaster response. Uh, you know, what could we do for we we had developed a strong government uh, competency. so. VA hospitals, military bases, also then regular medical facilities, institutions and universities. And then we had businesses in Central Florida and North and South Carolina doing residential services. Uh, Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005 and we went down there and set up a four-year storm response doing a lot of big things. And then as I was driving back in 2005, I realized we were doing projects in Hawaii and Canada and the Caribbean and and I was out of town the whole time. I had three young children at the time. And I and I made a decision that I really wanted to create a life uh, with had some freedom in it. The The economics were fine. We were making a lot of money and, and the business was serving our family very well. But I really didn't have the life that I wanted. And and business ownership should provide for people a life that they aspire to have that fits for them, that, that is, fits within their values. So, I decided at that point uh, in 2005 to sell all of our company stores under a franchise model, which we had been working on. So I did that in 2006, seven and eight. In 2009, I launched uh, to the world public with our franchise offering and I sold the business some nine years later with 240 locations in 37 states to Franchise Concepts, the parent company of Budget Blinds. And it was great. And I had owned the business for 24 years and 11 months. And, and, uh, and I was done. We had a President and we had a Chief Financial Officer, so they went with the business and I was uh, sitting there trying to figure out what to do next at that point,
1: which is kind of kind of crazy right then you 're like like probably a lot of the people that we we talk to is you're you 're in that life change what 's What's next? But like most people, once you get into franchising, you don't get out. So so, so yeah. the, there's, there's the pivot. How did you get yourself to, um, to Homefront Brands and, and talk a little bit about what, what Homefront is all about?
0: So, Tim, when I look at inflection points, um, such as that drive in the middle of the night coming home and deciding to sell all of our company stores, I really have come to understand that there's three things that are always around these decision points where many of your people you work with are are right there. Number one, there's people involved, people they care about, people they're responsible to take care of, uh you know, there's there's uh, people that they want to be in business with or people that they admire that have freedom through and flexibility through franchising or business ownership. And then there's an opportunity uh or an adventure. There's something to gain inside of it. And then there's always a risk of loss, something to give up. And what I found in my life is when I come to these inflection points, I've learned to recognize and to step back and be very extrospective about the decision that I'm getting ready to make and understand what's the potential gain, who's going to be around the table, who's going to be in the boat with me uh, that that I'm going to include and that I'm going to care about and that, that we're going to make some sort of commitments to one another and then the last thing is what am i giving up uh i'm on a current path it's working just fine maybe it's a job maybe it's a salary but you know what am i going to give up so after i sold the business i really uh took an opportunity to do a lot of consulting uh, to get involved in some Things around the franchise industry, but also outside of the franchise industry, making some investments in different businesses with different family offices, and and uh, even took a, a quick run at some politics and ambassadorship for U.S. ambassadorship. there's a, a small process there, so trying to decide. I was fifty. What's what's next for me? And there and my you know the optionality. Uh, you know, after you sell a business, and if it's been good for you, you know you're you're out of debt. You, you've got. You know, you've got some resources and you have some time. Like, what do you do? So I got involved in some franchise service organizations, also invested in and in acquired or invested in some other franchise brands. I get an opportunity to help some emerging brands and to really speak into their life and you know help them understand what responsible franchising was. And that two years and looking at at all the different spaces, our family said. We asked ourselves a question. If we could build the most responsible franchise platform that we could possibly imagine and taking the benefit of, you know, my involvement with who was the CEO of whether it's authority brands or, or, you know, different companies in, in all of franchising that have done certain aspects of it well, there was about seven things that different companies did exceptionally well that led to their success and led to their franchisee satisfaction. And, you know, and when I say their success, their franchisees did well. They built big businesses. They had good continuity, stability. People stayed in for a long time. Uh, put these businesses in their estates, made them family businesses. So we really said, if we could, if we were going to build something, first of all, what space would we do it in? And we knew that that property services, because it's one of the most durable sectors that that exists uh, for a variety for three or four different key reasons. And then. From a people perspective, who would we need uh, to build businesses that are bigger than businesses that we had ever built, businesses that we had ever run that knew what it looked like at a billion dollars with six or eight brands? You know, What were the qualifications of the brands that we would need? you know, they needed to be brands that had average unit volumes were up into the millions. And we needed to have, you know, they needed to be conforming in terms of the numbers. You want to have businesses that, that the, the normal person on an average day can operate that business. So you don't need to put people in jet airplanes and make businesses that are so complicated. They need to be businesses that most people are going to be able to, if they follow the plan, execute. Uh, territory model, we only have six to 800 territories. It's creating kind of a a high demand for home-front brand businesses because we didn't map the whole country out because the whole country doesn't have good territories in it. We wanted to make sure that we spent the money and the data to understand who the customer set was and build an addressable market into each territory so a franchise owner after a year wouldn't come back and say, it's not working. And then when we did the analysis after we gave the guy the territory, that said, well, there's no reason because there's not enough customers here for you. That would be irresponsible. So we spent the time, energy, and money. Uh, customer acquisition, you know, driving leads and standing up a call center. We actually didn't a little staff acquisition of a call center that was in one of the brands that we acquired. We acquired uh, five brands or six brands. Um, we acquired five, and we we stood one up uh, de novo ourselves. Uh, one of the brands had a call center, so we've taken that, used that as the the basis. We've augmented it and added to it and uh, upgraded it. And now we're adding people to it and rolled it out to the other brands. So customer acquisition, and then uh, learning management, which is something that many single uh, single brands or emerging brands, I mean, it's very expensive to do learning management, but we hired an executive from a 5,000 seat uh, organization who led sales training and learning management. And he's just spent almost a year now building really a state-of-the-art learning management system, so much so that... Some of the training in our brands is down from five days or or seven days down to two and a half days in person, just the things they need to know. Uh, so, so all of these things that that we said, you know, we're going to be, if we were going to have the things that a Duncan Brands or, or a Rourke type led company, you know, if we were going to have all of those things and we were going to pay for them before we even started selling franchises so that the house was built and when people came into it, so that franchisees could build bigger businesses and we would never be the constraint to their growth, having to change a platform or do something like that. So that was our thesis, what we set out to do. And we, we went for it and we went out and acquired these companies over an eight month period. And we, we spent all of 2022 building the house and uh, putting the team together. And we've gone from nine people last July to almost 60 today. Uh, marketing operations people and some of the best talent in the industry, really. I mean, people that have run marketing for pods or Hertz Corporation and C level executives at companies like Service Master or, you know, or the, the placemakers, the Home Depot of Australia. So many of our executive team have multi billion dollar, multi brand platform experience and which, which I don't. And uh, so inside, so the way that that informs the decisions that we make. And then the other thing that we decided was that we were going to fund this ourselves. So that we could make decisions that were in the long-term best interest of the franchisee, as opposed to you know, you know, hey, our fund is up in two years. We've got to cut costs and services because we've got to turn this business in two years. We're building a business that we we aspire is going to be here in a hundred years, and we're looking at it. You know, on you know, where do we want to be in ten years? So, so that's kind of the approach we took, and and that's what Homefront Brands is today.
1: Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in this. And I really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore, to the best podcasts, webinars, and videos, plus information on upcoming events and the latest articles that seriously they cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and continues to be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available, so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. I think it tends to amaze people as they they get into looking at franchises. It's like, yeah, I know there's a plan or you're going to help me a little bit, but when they get into actually understanding how much goes into the plan and how much support, it really, it's borderline overwhelming. And I think in a good way of like, oh my gosh, it, it is really, when you find the right fit, it is really just as simple as put forth the effort and follow the plan. Um, and because there's, so, especially for you guys, there's so much support and so much that goes into that. So um I, I, I I'm glad you kind of talk talked through talked through some of that and definitely want to even hit on a few of those support points here in a minute. but um, give us a quick scoop on maybe like a we'll just, and I, I'd love to have um, some of your individual people with the franchises come back on and talk about them specifically. But what are the brands within homefront?
0: So the first brand that we went out and got was a brand called Window Hero. We did have to do a rebrand on it. But it is a it is an exterior power washing business it's a window cleaning business, and it's gutter guards and gutter replacement. Our top franchisee does over two million dollars top fifty percent of the network does over a million dollars with a very very healthy bottom line. You can see that in the item nineteen and of course, as you know, and you coach everybody you know the the only numbers that 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 matter are the ones that are in the item nineteen and and that's what people need to look at and rely upon so uh but Again, highly conforming brands. If you look at competitors to us, our numbers are more than double. And I think it's because that business really is set up with the equipment to really able to, to be able to do out of the back of a pickup truck, the power washing, we have a big sled that goes in there uh, with all the equipment on there that you need to like do a, a lot of, a lot of surface area and a lot of cleaning. And also to, we don't complicate the model with a bunch of things to say, Oh, you can do this too, which a lot of these window and house washing businesses, you know, they do all kinds of crazy stuff and there'll be like nine things on the website. And you know, I I, uh, I watch a lot of stand up comedy, man. So Jerry Seinfeld said something on his coffee uh, comedians, uh, you know, in cars getting coffee show. He said, our lack of focus in this country is leading to a lack of greatness. And you really need to stay focused on the things that are the drivers of your business. So, you know, KPIs are great, but you don't need 50 of them and you don't need 50 lines of business and, and things like that. Uh, to build a powerful business. So that's Window Hero, and uh, very exciting uh, growth. We got you know we're, we're we have a, a a good handful of people every month that are joining that brand and, and getting started inside of it. The next one that we did was something called uh, temporary wall systems, which is the first of its type. I mean, you know, we uh, you know we we are if you and it, it is exactly what it sounds like. We put up temporary high-quality containment walls in medical facilities, hospitals, strip malls, anywhere construction is going on. So it competes with people that are framing walls and doing drywall and painting. It takes them three days to do that, where we can go in, in two hours and set up these containment malls. They're modular, they're movable, they're secure, uh, they're heavy-duty. And 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 they look good. So uh, we went out and got that business, and it's really the first of its type, and uh, it's got the best name in the industry, and and so we're we're relatively first to market. We are first to market as a franchise concept, uh, but the business model, you know, there are these these are things that people do. So, you know, we're, it's just a matter of our franchise owners getting out there and, and getting their elbows sharp and establishing dominance in, in all of these markets being first to market. So, a lot of people join in that concept really fast. Again, uh, you know, really strong top line and super strong bottom line on it because it's a rental model. And so, it's very low staffing. You go out and, you know, you're, you're, you install these things and then they're going to stay on the job for many, many months. Uh, the third business, was uh something called the designery which is extremely cool i'm not sure it's not going to be our biggest brand but think about a 800 square foot to 1200 square foot apple store but this apple store look and feel is focused is has cabinet doors and knobs and all of that stuff on the walls and has a very sleek design table with large screens and monitors in it. And uh, we are rolling out teledesign for that. So we'll have designers all over the world that after an initial appointment, you get the measurements from people, they can continue on to refine their design process from home, Uh, doing virtual design with a virtual designer, which is extremely cool. And uh, again, it's a subcontractor model. There's no inventory. We have a centralized facility in the middle of the country that uh, takes the orders, assembles the cabinets, and and ships them assembled directly to the job. So again, very low employee count, uh, very, very low inventory model. Yes, it's a retail location, but it's not class A space. It's more like class B or C space, it's a destination. If you can get next to a highway and get a big sign out there, we like that. So people you know, can say, see what that is. Oh, the designery, that's very cool. Uh, so that's that brand. And then really uh, probably our, our you know, one of our top runners right now is something called Top Rail Fence. Uh, so it's a fencing model, all different ornamental fence, wood fence, plastic fence, all of that stuff is set up. It's a subcontractor model. So you use subcontractors to do the installations. And, uh, you know, we, we direct ship or drop ship the materials directly to the franchisees on a, on a just in time basis. So again, uh, these, uh, you know, the, that's a, you know, that's one that that a lot of people are looking at right now i would say top rail fence and temporary wall systems for us if you're interested and that sounds interesting probably going to be sold out in all major markets in 12 to 18 months uh we're moving that fast i mean we had you know our last meet the team date dinner we had 80 people i mean it's ridiculous usually a good a good moving property service brand is going to do a deal and a half to two deals a month maybe and uh, you know, twenty, twenty placements a year. And I mean, we're doing we're doing that and a little bit more every month now inside of our brand. So uh so yeah. you know, when when people get inside the home front and they see what uh the message is and that that we're a family business and you know what what the the problems we set out to solve and the change that we aspire to make in the world, it's it's something that people want to be a part of and we're very proud and excited uh that those brands are moving so well.
1: Nice. Um it and I love that you talked about the simplicity of kind of the when you're finding the brands, right? D- this isn't this isn't rocket science, right? It's it, things yeah. that are, are are simple, they're simple services, they're simple to learn. You can come in and this with a lot of franchises, you know, you don't need you don't need 20 years experience of of being in the fence industry to own top rail, right? Um, but it's, it's simple. It's easy to learn, especially with all the support that you guys have. Right. Um, and it's, it's also crazy. Some of the, some of the things in that home service stuff, they're not always the sexiest things in the world, but you're like there, when you really start paying attention, it is, it is everywhere. It's funny. This is like the third time fencing has come up this week for, for me, just separately. My first job out of college, believe it or not, was with a fence company. Because one of my best friends from college worked at a fence company, so I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, and really, ever since then, and that's been years ago, I still see fence everywhere, right? And you're like, even you're like, oh my gosh, how much, how much did they just spend on that, wherever it is? Even the my house in Arizona, the like the uh, like, I know how much that was for my house, and it was no joke, right? So it is uh, it is crazy where that is everywhere. So super cool. When you think of some of the things support standpoint, you mentioned call center earlier, and this is stuck in my head from literally a call, a conversation I had with one of our clients earlier today, how important that call center is and being able to just simply beat the competition because you answer the dang phone, right? And it's done quickly, properly, um, just maybe expand on that a little bit more and how that is really benefiting your franchise owners uh, for all of the marketing you're doing, making the phone ring, that that's done and how that really helps your owner.
0: Oh, sure. So, at, at Clean was the company that I built and sold, and we had 16 full-time equivalents that answered 250,000 inbound customer phone calls, and we scheduled every mold appointment. We quoted every residential duck cleaning job, dispatched every water damage job. We would also do outbound for franchise launches. So we had a a 90 day sprint uh, which was these are all the people you need to know to be successful. So we would during training be calling outbound to set appointments for our franchisees who could, you know, then go see these people. And of course they had a they had a playbook with, with you know what's in it for them and what do you need to say. And we role played that. So you know very comprehensive and aligned uh, onboarding and launch process there in the call center is certainly a part of that. But I think the the you know a couple of things. So we're a big blue ocean strategist people. I'm not if people have worked term strategy before blue ocean strategy is really a kind of preeminent work. It it hasn't, it's aged well. It's from the nineties. They've updated it once, but it was basically the same thing. I highly recommend it as a read. And we replaced over three to 400, maybe more operators out in the franchise system with the 16 full-time equivalents. So think about the efficiency of that. A franchisee doesn't have to hire somebody to answer the phone, hire somebody to answer it when they're not there put them in an office, buy a phone system, do the management, do the training, do the oversight, do the, do the replacements when people leave. So, you know, centralizing that as a service just provides such a lift for the franchisees so that they can do the things that they need to do. They need to go out and do this 90 day sprint and they need to get deep into the community of in which they're going to, they're going to operate and all the people that matter to refer them business and refer back. They need to build a great team. They need to build an intentional culture first two hours of training I personally do with every franchisee and teach them, you know, how to build an intentional culture and how they're going to build their team and how they can use our values as a, as a real tool. Uh, you know, take them and, and use those as action things. And then they need to go out and and be great, have a great sales team and close jobs and they need to fulfill work and collect money. And like at the end of the day, like that's what they need to do. So anything that can be centralized should be centralized. And the call center uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, 99% of the calls, uh, you know, we aspire to have answered in two rings or less, the data gets set up right away and you can't optimize anything until you get volume running through it. So the vol- so you can continually get smarter, uh, by tying in all the technologies, uh, to, you know, that are attached to that customer and dropping those into a data lake. And, and, and then, you know, it just, it just creates so much lift and so much consistency, for the franchisee is something that they just never have to worry about and it's really a yeah. powerful done well it is a powerful powerful uh part to a a really continuous improvement fast growing organization
1: yeah absolutely it's the and every now and then we'll we'll talk to people like oh why do i need the call center i'm like I, are you going to answer the phone or can are you going to hire somebody as good and as qualified to be able to d- to do that and the biggest differentiator in getting that business is oftentimes just answer answer the phone because Billy Bob and his pressure washer, like mm-hmm. Billy Bob, ain't answering the phone, right? Um, and so again, yeah. it's going to get you that get you that business. Um, talk a little bit about your your. Are there any kind of consistent owner traits that you look for across across your brand? And, and I think the one thing that is sometimes a myth is, well, I don't know how to. Install a fence. I don't know how to pressure wash, or I don't want to do that. Um, talk a little bit about what your owner, what you really want them to be able to do day in day out.
0: Yeah. So there's there's some soft skills and there's some hard skills, right? So one of the contracts I make with people before we let them join is the fact that we will always we will have intellectual humility on both sides of the table, and that we will we will always resolve conflicts in a healthy manner, meaning. Will You pick up the phone, right? If if there's something from your perception that that you're not happy with or that's not going right or you're struggling, you're struggling with your salespeople, you could be going through a divorce. I mean, anything could be happening that is affecting your ability to, because ex- life happens, by the way, to all of us. Yeah. And there's seasons of life where it's better for us or it's worse for us. But if we don't know, like we can't help you. So, uh, you know, like like and and then so anything that looks like a conflict, you know, we talk we we teach them three words rush to conflict, meaning if, they're, if, they're, if you're conflicted about something, pick up the phone, you know, have a conversation and then let's work on that resolution right now, because my observation of the best business owners are the ones that, you know, they they understand that they're joining part of a community when they join a franchise. They're interested in getting awards uh, at uh, at conference. They're interested in being on panels. They're interested in talking with newer franchisees who are behind them and helping them. They're really got this 360 view of high engagement. So high engaged, intellectually humble people that are conflict resolvers. Like that's kind of the stuff that that makes it just you know you just don't get hung up on 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 stuff that you know doesn't need to get in the way of your business. Right? You get untangled from it. On the, on the harder side of it, look, you've, you've got a, uh, people that do the people piece well, meaning build a team, uh, can follow the playbook that I give them in training to create a bold and powerful future and to speak it into existence on a regular basis to use your values to be a values forward organization to connect what your company is doing in the local market with what matters uh, to, to the community and to the people there. And, you know, to build that, do that people piece well. And show and get people in the organization and give them a path to progress in their income and their responsibility and like make sure that everybody that joins your team is going to be better when they leave than when they came in. And if you do that, and then you have a goal orientation where you will, you know, follow, where where you will not ignore numbers. You know, great managers use numbers. You know, mediocre managers use words. So you got to lead. So they they have to have a kind of a goal orientation. To say, and not only like the what, but, you know, time based metrics by when, you know, we want to make, you know, this many sales calls or get this many estimates out by Friday or whenever it is. So so that combination of of kind of leadership and team building along with a, a goal orientation that says, hey, man, you know, these are the things these are the few things that matter in this business. And I'm going to continually focus my team on on those types of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 at no point in there did those things did you say pressure wash or like install a fence or in, in, any anything nothing of those to do things, with it, right? So,
0: nothing. Yeah. To, I've so, never cleaned an air duct in my life. <laughs>
1: no it's 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 so it's so true and so i i love i love that kind of that distinction and again it's 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 people right if if you can build those relationships in the community with your team um even within within a franchise organization some of your best resources really should be other franchise owners right you're the ones that are going going through those things and and uh, and i love that you guys have that really kind of open collaborative mentality of things so
0: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, in so in innovation—you know—from the top down is orderly, but can be very dumb. You know, innovation from the outside in, or the or the bottom up, if you even want to say it that way, it can be very chaotic and and more difficult to manage. But that's where the brilliance comes from. And so we we net promoter score our franchisees every month. Most organizations survey once a year. We survey them coming out of training to get a baseline for where they are. And then we survey them every month and we demand that they take five minutes to beat us up in any way that they seem fit. And we promise right. them that, you know, that that we want the feedback. And we we, you know, I make that's another contract I make with them is that you will take time to everything that you think we need to understand to help improve your experience and the experience of this business is we want to know it every month because it, it helps us focus on things that we need to focus on, uh, in, in the business. So, you know, that's, that's critically important for us that we, we have a uh, regular, you know, feedback is the breakfast of champions and we want to eat it every day.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. No, I love it. Um, Jeff, I, I, I love all the information that you've given us so far and, and I know we could go take, take deep dives and I'd love to on the individual brands, maybe another, another time. Um, but one last thing, cause I know you're super busy. If, if there was one other thing that you wanted us to really know about homefront brands um I know it's kind of a loaded question right but what what would what would be one more thing that you really want to share with us today?
0: We have a dynasty program so th- there's there's an opportunity in the market for high net worth individuals to come into the homefront and to leverage, The work that we've done by migrating all of our brands onto the same technology platform, by putting a world class executive team in place, by onboarding brands that uh, are, are, you know, have the top and the bottom line that, that sophisticated business owners are looking for, creating a territory model that is, uh, you know, that is rich uh, for people to come into and, and to understand like where the customers are and who they are that's an opportunity where sophisticated uh, people that want to build bigger businesses there is not another opportunity in in my opinion in in the marketplace where they can come in and when they fully understand that and and what our dynasty program looks like because we have three three of our original uh, window hero cohort of original franchisees uh, have already acquired other brands and they are doing well with the like it's 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 it is a um, there is a, it's happening. So, uh, so for people that are, you know, saying, well, I might not want to be in a service business. Why, you know, why would I do it? Well, you know, building a large franchise E organization today, there is a marketplace for that. That wasn't, that didn't exist maybe 10 years ago with private equity and, uh, people are having outcomes now. So part of what we did was we built this for you. That's who we, we built this, And we love our single unit operators and, you know, and, and they contribute and they can be a part of it, you know, but maybe two or three years down the road, they're like, I've got this. I'm doing great. What can I add now? And, and we're, we have things that they can add right on top of their business with a very, very, you know, near zero learning curve and they can build bigger businesses. And we're going to keep creating opportunities for our dynasty builders because that's, you know, that's, that's, we aspire for people to do well. And we aspire for them to start well and to go well and then to finish impeccably.
1: I love it. No, and I think most people realize I can grow and scale my business with multiple territories or multiple locations. It's that multiple brand thing that sometimes I mean, that's 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 really that kind of that true empire builder, right? And and to be able to do it all under the same system, right? I don't have to go learn a new yeah. system or people or culture or all the, all of this. It's it's really a fantastic opportunity for people. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I I think it's it's kind of a hidden way
0: for people to really grow in franchising. It is, and it's it, the only way you can do it is if you do it before you ever get started. Because if you if you try to do it later. It doesn't it, you don't it, you don't have the fundamentals of the business that allow for it to happen. So because we were intentional about it, you know, we made sure that the conditions were right for those types of people to do that.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, good deal. Jeff, thank you so much, man, for, for coming on and, and uh, chatting with us today and telling us all about Homefront brands. I greatly appreciate it.
0: It's been an honor, Tim. Thank you.
1: Uh, my pleasure. And then let's get, uh, let, let I want to get with you and, and, get, uh, get, get some of your team members to come on uh, about some of these individual brands here over the next few months as well. So you're not, you're not off the hook with, uh, with, with Franchising 101, my friend. We're going to get you guys back. So thank you. Thank you for that. And, um, as, as always, thanks to our loyal listeners for tuning in. Reach out to us, francoach.net, franchising101podcast.net. Let us help you create your better tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to FranCoach's Franchising 101 Podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.